Welcome to the Entrepreneur's Speak podcast series, another Growth Masters Federal production. Your host is Shirley Collier, president and founder of Scale to Market. Focusing exclusively in the federal sector, Scale to Market helps businesses grow by working with owners to create and execute customized, data-driven business development playbooks, build efficient information systems, and create high-performing BD teams. You'll hear from some of those owners in this series. The goal of Entrepreneur Speak is to share firsthand the experience and wisdom of the founders and CEOs of successful government contractors as they operate and grow their businesses. The format is one-on-one interviews with Shirley adding analysis and commentary to highlight important points. The guests in this series are the true growth masters. Many of them jumped in with both feet, never having started a business before, and none expected that running the business would become as challenging as delivering the solutions on which the business was founded. We appreciate their taking time to share their experiences. Shirley's guest today is Doug Jerusalem, CEO and founder of Secure Innovations, an SDVOSB cybersecurity firm whose founders proudly wore the uniform. SI provides high-level solutions to threat challenges faced by DOD and the intelligence community and participates as a principal in setting cybersecurity standards. And now here's Shirley and her guest, Doug Jerusal. Enjoy the conversation. Hello, everyone, and welcome, Doug. Thank you, Shirley. It's a pleasure to talk with you today. The pleasure is all mine. Let's start at the beginning. Why did you start Secure Innovations? After getting out of the Army, I worked for many small businesses. I loved the work that I did for the government and was super passionate about it. However, I was not happy with many of the small businesses that I worked for as they were more interested in a transaction rather than taking ownership of the work that they performed. Their employees were really just a number to them, and their customers were nothing more than someone who paid them. So I really wanted to start a company that was different, one that focuses on true cybersecurity capabilities and delivering those capabilities to the customer. The second important aspect is creating a company that the employees would say was the best job that they ever had. Simply put, the focus was on the customer and the employees and not the transaction of winning the actual work. So, Doug, what previous experience did you have, if any, that prepared you to start your own business? Well, I obtained an MBA while I was in the military, but really what happened was I worked for a lot of small businesses, and a lot of small businesses have a lot of problems with operations. But I kind of learned from seeing things done the wrong way, so I saw a lot of businesses that suffocated in their infrastructure and business processes. So I, so really, I learned more from just watching other companies do things the wrong way. <laughs> and learn what not to do. Yeah, exactly. I find this happens quite frequently. Entrepreneurs see things that are not being done right from their perspective, and they want to correct it. It usually starts with an unmet customer need. And the entrepreneur may not have a detailed business plan for their company, but they know what they don't want to do. And they usually have a dream. Let's find out what Doug's dream was. So what was your initial plan? What was your vision for Secure Innovations? So kind of like what I talked about before was just creating a company that was different. So at first, it was really focusing on developing a strong cybersecurity capability, a company that was focused on delivering a capability to the customer. I was always intrigued by an old uh, team that was called the CSC Strike Force team that specialized in penetration testing. Uh, that, that team actually developed some of the biggest cyber talent we have today, and now they're all over the planet doing different things. Whenever the government had a problem, that was the team they came to call on, and I was always really intrigued by that. 
And this is really what I wanted the company to be. I wanted it to be a, the company that focused on solving problems for the government, and um, they would turn to us to help solve those problems. Uh, but then I had my first hire, and um, this was a super well-known penetration tester, and he came to work for me without asking any questions. And that kind of blew me away, right? I was like, well, this guy could go anywhere to work, but he came to me, and I really, at that point, I didn't have much of a company. It was just myself and my business partner. Uh, but he came to me without asking any questions and completely trusted me. Um, so what I realized at that point is, you know, he's putting him, his trust in me, his family's trust in me, so not only do I have a requirement to be a great cybersecurity capability, but I have to build a company that takes care of its people. Did you have an idea early on about what size company you wanted to create? So surprisingly, um, I would love to say I did, but I really didn't, <laughs> right? I didn't know if it was going to be a two-person company, five-person company, 20-person company. I was just really focused on doing, doing good work and seeing where it would go. Yes, and that's admirable. That's very admirable. So what did you find to be surprisingly easy in the early stages of building your business? So my business partner and I kind of debated about that before we started. I was worried about hiring people, and he was worried about finding business. <laughs> um, what I was surprised by is how easy it was to hire people at first, because we knew a lot of people in the industry, but that tends to dry up after a while. But it was, it was fairly easy at first. And it was easy because you had a network. Correct. This is a normal startup process. Leverage the people you know. Your goal is to get a contractor to doing what you know well and fulfill it with people you know. But as you grow, you discover that you've tapped out your network and have to do something different. Now that your business is larger, are you finding that it's not as easy as it once was? Absolutely not. So early on, you kind of have this, um, when you're a 5, 10, 20-person technology company, you have a certain culture and you're hiring your friends, you're hiring people you know, it's absolutely the hardest part of our business now, right? It's, it's finding people, especially in the clearance requirements that we have. When you search the job boards and things like that, um, you're finding people that are looking for work. Uh, we tend to do better with finding people that aren't looking for work, and, and that's really hard, hard to do. That is. So is the problem getting people in for an interview, or is it convincing them to join your team? So 100% the first part. If we get people in, they want to work for us. It's just finding those people. It's really getting them to know about us and finding where, finding those people and getting them to come in the door. Yes, and in a tight labor market as we have here in the D.C. area, um, it's, it's just exacerbated right now. Absolutely. What else has been surprisingly hard as your company has grown? Uh, so, so there's a constant battle between BD and operations. So my business partner and I, um, as you tend to grow, you, you, you grow into different roles. And I'm more of the BD, big picture person, um, focusing on the relationships. And he's more of the person on the back end who's r- running operation, executing my vision and things like that. So there's a natural conflict between those two, right? Is I'm saying this is what we're going to do, and then he has to execute on what I want to do. Understanding that and how that really works has, has been one of the most challenging things we've had to deal with. Ah, the separation of duties, the first growth hurdle that small businesses face. Doug, let's explore that a little further because this is an area in which many small businesses struggle. There is an inherent conflict between the promise makers and the promise keepers in every company. So I want to ask you a few questions about that. Sure. 
what are you doing to ensure that both your business development and operations folks understand your strategic plan for the company and that both of them are aligned behind that strategy, meaning that they understand their roles and they communicate regularly with one another? Sure. So establishing and documenting those roles, responsibilities, and most importantly, the process around that is so ridiculously important, right? Early on, you kind of run by the seat of your pants and figure things out. Everybody's wearing different hats, but really defining that, we found, is, is more important than anything else. Setting those goals and then holding folks accountable for those goals through regular discussions, right? People have to understand what's expected of them um, and hold accountable those people for that. And how do you do that? How do you hold them accountable? So that's hard, right? Uh, especially as business owners. So that's where that level, that secondary level of leadership comes in, right? And then that's with, you know, holding weekly meetings um, and then, you know, through metrics and uh, tools and dashboards and things like that. It's really about having access to that information, holding people accountable for, for that data. Now, I would imagine that when your company was smaller, that you managed both business development and operations, so that coordination was much easier. You sold the business, and then you oversaw implementation. Somewhat. Um, so at first, my business partner and I just did whatever was needed to be done, right? Um, and then we kind of stepped on each other's toes a lot. So um, it's convoluted because we didn't have very well-defined roles. Um, we, that we then realized that each of our skills were and how they were best applied to the business. So I was kind of the BD person, the, the promise maker, and then he turned into the uh, person who was executing those promises. That worked for a while, but uh, we had to grow from that as well. The separation of duties process is usually followed by the recognition that the founders can no longer manage every function of the company. It is time to hire other executives and delegate. Doug, in what other ways has your role in the company changed as the company has grown? Well, that changes a lot with time, right? So you become, early on, like you're doing everything, and you become less of a doer and more of a strategist, right? More of the relationship manager and problem solving. So you're, you have people that come in and do the work, but then you're, you become responsible for managing them and making sure they're successful. So I kind of I joke as, as a CEO of the company, I really work for everybody else now. <laughs> that is so true. <laughs> now, this series is about growth and the associated challenges. All companies experience growing pains. What were yours? So it's really a grind. Um, the, the business, this type of a business, being a GovCon owner, it, it is a grind, right? I'm wired to be a person that is always moving forward in a positive direction. This business experiences a lot of challenges and a lot of problem solving. Building a leadership team that can execute your future strategies and, and growth has certainly been the biggest struggle. As a company grows, there are so many challenges the company goes through, and you need to have a leadership team that can carry the company through those ways. You know, we can all relate to that. Most CEOs of tech firms say technology is easy, people are hard. <laughs> and they are referring uh, to <laughs> and they're referring to not only finding and keeping good billable people, especially in a tight labor market, as I mentioned earlier, but at some point, if you wish to grow your business, you must hire and delegate authority to a leadership team. So what are those skills and traits that you seek in your leadership team? So early on, it was really focusing on people that were hungry and willing to learn. Now our focus is more on hiring people that have done that before, right? So um, I've always, one of the things I saw when working for a lot of the smaller businesses is that they suffocated themselves based on 
their growth, and they didn't have this infrastructure and the leadership team in place. So now it's really looking forward, right, and, and hiring the skills in that leadership team that, you know, if you're a $15 million company now but you aspire to be a $40 million company, you've got to start acting like a $40 million company now, right, even, even if you're not there, but your process, your operations have to do that, and you need a leadership team that can execute that type of situation. Absolutely, and that's extraordinarily challenging. We need to take a break. We are discussing with Doug Jerusal, CEO of Secure Innovations, the trials and joys of growing a technology-driven government contracting firm. When we return, we'll continue our conversation about developing leaders. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Today's discussion is brought to you by Scale to Market, and your host is Shirley Collier. Utilizing the proprietary Davey Business Development Growth Framework, Scale to Market partners with business owners and executives to increase their company's value by achieving profitable and sustainable growth in the federal marketplace. Email Shirley at scollier at scaletomarket.com to obtain your copy of the Davey Growth Framework. Growthmasters Federal is a nationwide community of growth-oriented government contractors, their owners and executive teams, and the professionals who support them. The mission is to share experiences and discuss timely topics on managing and growing your GovCon business with an emphasis on implementing effective business development systems and practices in the complex, highly regulated, but opportunity-rich federal marketplace. And now back to Shirley's discussion with Doug Jerusal, founder and CEO of Secure Innovations, a cybersecurity contractor serving DOD and the federal intelligence community. Welcome back. Before the break, Doug, you were talking about finding people with experience to add to your leadership team. Like most growth-oriented businesses, I would imagine you're developing leaders in many functional areas of the company, like HR, accounting, contract management, quality control, and R&D, in addition to business development and service delivery. How do you ensure that all of these functional areas are in sync? Uh, great point. So what we've we developed a role in that that is handled by our operations manager. So we have a number of tools and weekly meetings to ensure effective communication across all those business functions. The biggest issue is always keeping that infrastructure ahead of its growth. Um, if not, you'll have a business that will suffocate itself. Absolutely. Here, Doug recognizes, based upon his practical experiences so far, that execution is hard. There is huge market demand for cybersecurity expertise, so finding the work is not so hard, but developing an organization that delivers excellent results on time and on budget consistently is hard. So, Doug, what are the skills and traits you are developing in yourself to manage your leadership team? So it's talking to people like yourself, right, um, people that have been and done it before, right? It's, it's building that community of people that you can go to and bounce ideas off of, um, talk about different things. But it's also reading a lot of books, um, different articles, and listening to podcasts and leadership. I'm, I'm really big on, on those type of things. Excellent. Have you read Team of Teams by General Stanley McChrystal? He describes many management principles practiced by the military that are relevant to businesses of all sizes. I have not, but it sounds like certainly one I need to put on my reading list. It's excellent. I've been recommending it. It's been out for a couple of years now. But the parallels he talks about are that as you grow your business, you'll be managing managers, not direct reports who follow your lead. And you alluded to that earlier. And this requires more advanced leadership skills. 
And speaking of skills, how have you dealt with employees who joined the company early on, but who no longer function as effectively in your larger firm? This is a hard issue for most founders to resolve. Certainly. As your company grows, as our company grew, our culture changed, and at some point it changed significantly, right? Different customers seem to have different cultures, so that is a challenge as it tends to bubble up to the company level. This is somewhat unique to government contracting, but you have to make decisions that are best for the company, and that is one of the hardest things we had to learn, right? So when we were a 5-, 10-person company, we had a certain culture, and it was more like we knew everybody, everybody was friends. As you grow to a 20-person company, as you grow to a $10 million, as you grow to a $15 million business, those people that functioned that way before, they generally don't work out very well later on, right? So you have to really understand what your company culture is and then really hire folks that, that meet that company culture. And, and understand you have, you have to stay ahead of the game, right? As your company changes, you have to realistically understand we fought it forever, right? We were like, well, this is what we want to be. This is what we are. This is what we started. And we realized we can't do that. So as your culture changes, you have to kind of change who you are as well. What Doug is describing here is a common challenge as small businesses grow in the extraordinarily complex federal marketplace. There are layers of challenges. The skills required to grow a business are different than those necessary to start a business. And those skills need to be learned by the founders and the newly formed executive team. And as a contractor, your customers may be a variety of federal agencies that operate differently from a human resources perspective. Maintaining your own consistent standards of behavior for all of your employees can be difficult because they are greatly influenced by the customer's culture. Doug, knowing what you know now, what would you have done differently? So 100% it comes back to the leadership team, right? Define those roles and responsibilities for the leadership team, um, for where we wanted to be and not where we were, right? So when we started, like you asked me a question of where you expected we would be, uh, what, and I really didn't know, right? And, and that's okay to do that, but you really need a better plan than that. You know, not just do the best you can, do a good job and see where it goes. You really would need a plan and then build that leadership team to execute that plan. Do you have any regrets? I don't have any regrets. If I had to do all over again, it, it would have taken out a different approach. Um, I would ensure that people earn their advancements rather than just given titles. Sometimes you think, well, you know, this person was my friend or this person did that or this person's really good at that, and you give them a title. That really doesn't work. And you said that you would have used a different approach. What different approach would you have taken to start your business? Kind of a little bit of what I referred to before is I would have hired folks that have the experience doing it rather than figuring things out along the way. What advice do you have for other small government contractors who wish to grow, create market value, and one day cash out? Yeah, that's a great question. So stay true to who you are. Build an infrastructure that can support your growth and a leadership team that, that can execute it. Don't try to figure it out as you go. And what about using outside consultants and advisors? What is the key to leveraging their expertise? So, so that is tough. You have to ensure they are bought in and that you are involved with them in building the solution. We are also busy, but you cannot hire an outside consultant and think that they'll come in and solve all your problems. You have to work directly with them to, to, to solve those problems, right? So consultants can come in and bring really good ideas, but then at the day, it, it's really your, it's your baby, right? Don't just assume that somebody's going to come in and, and solve those problems for you and be a part of that solution. Yeah, I'm glad you recognize that, Doug. Um, as a consultant myself, 
I recognize that I can't solve my clients' problems for them. I wish I could, but I'm an outside consultant with no real authority. But I can be an advisor who brings knowledge, data, and encouragement. And good, experienced outside consultants can be a catalyst for critical change in small businesses to allow them to achieve their business goals. Absolutely. Many small businesses do not have experience evaluating, hiring, and managing consultants. And this is Doug's point. You can't delegate your problems to a consultant. The problems are still yours to solve. Doug, growing a small tech firm is the second hardest thing you'll ever do. The number one hardest thing that you'll ever do is to grow a technology firm in the complex, highly regulated federal marketplace. How do you stay motivated, balanced, and positive on a daily basis? You take care of customers, employees, contractors, suppliers, and partners, to name a few. (laughs) Who takes care of you? My family is the most important aspect of my life. Um, Literally everything I do is for them. The business certainly takes a lot out of you, but you just have to find other things that keep you driven and focused. So I'm a very driven person as it is. Like I said before, this this business is a grind, right? So if you just focus on being driven by that, you're going to find yourself in a not a great state. You'll you'll find yourself being depressed and like you know how to recover from that. But you have to find something outside of just the business to motivate you. And 100% that is my family. Excellent. That is very good advice. Doug, thank you for sharing your story and your insights with us today. Oh, thank you, Shirley. It was my pleasure. And to my listening audience, I hope you were able to get comfort and inspiration by hearing of the struggles, solutions, and pathway to success taken by other founders of small federal contractors like Doug. This is Shirley Collier, president of Scale to Market and host of the Growth Masters Federal Podcast, signing off for now. We appreciate your taking time to be with us today and hope you found the information useful. For more information on how to increase shareholder value and instill enduring BD management principles into your GovCon business, give us a call, reach out on LinkedIn, or visit our website at scaletomarket.com. That's scale2market.com. For those who prefer a visual experience and want to view this webcast again, it's available along with our previous work on the Scale to Market website. And for those who get their information on the go, you'll find the podcast on the Growth Masters Federal channel. We welcome your feedback and look forward to having you join us again soon for another informative Growth Masters Federal presentation.